What's up everybody? This is Tanner from TamandBaseballFan.com. I have got a story for you. Um, this is something that happened to me a couple years ago and I probably uh, mentioned something about it or even did a uh, podcast episode on it um, maybe a couple years ago. I don't know. I might have touched on it once or twice since. I don't know. Um, but I figured tonight uh, as I'm walking around my neighborhood would probably be a great time to revisit it, especially because it marks the 136th anniversary a couple days ago of uh, what took place here. So let me tell you a little bit of, uh, of what happened here. I think I'll probably dive in a little further than I expected. Uh, goodness gracious. Uh, I'm trying to think, how do I start? Like I, in my head, I'm pulling this thread and it just keeps going and going and going. So, <laughs> so I'll, I'll start a little too early probably. Um, so, uh, a few years ago, I ended up buying out a couple, uh, Jose Canseco super collectors and I was swimming in Canseco cards. Like these guys who used to be competitors of mine, uh, sold out to me and, uh, you know, are, you know, I, I consider them my friends, uh, now, you know, but I actually haven't talked to one of them in quite a while. And the other one, I haven't talked too much recently either. I think a lot of that is because, uh, you know, we're not in the same, uh, collecting circles, but anyway, so I bought these, uh, super collections, uh, from, uh, uh, I bought these super collections, not, you know, after I, I was a super collector. So, when I was all done being being a super collector, I actually bought these to uh, keep a few in my collection. I probably have uh, kept a, I've kept a handful of them for my collection, but I've sold the vast, vast, vast majority of them. And I think probably one of the things that started this uh, was uh, an auction that came uh, that came up. Uh, on, uh, I think it was Heritage Auctions. It was in 1887, uh, Gypsy Queen Large, uh, Roger Connor. Now, for the regular, uh, you know, lay person when it comes to uh, baseball fan, baseball card fan, whatever, or collector, uh, you're probably not going to know who Roger Connor is. Roger Connor was the home run king uh, until Babe Ruth took that mantle. And he was a, a big hulking six foot three guy. Keep in mind that this was in a time period when the average male height, I think was like five foot six and a half or something. Uh, so he was, he was a giant compared to a lot of people back then. Um, and I, I hope I'm getting the numbers right here. So if I'm off by an inch or, you know, something like that, either way, then forgive me. But uh, anyways, uh, the uh, one I definitely wanted a key card of Roger Connor uh, in my collection because I think he's uh, you know just a great uh, person of history in our favorite sport. Um, so, and Gypsy Queen, my gosh, like you guys, I go gaga over those cards. And so let me tell you a little bit about Gypsy Queens also. Uh, and I'll tie everything in with the Canseco collections or anything uh, to it, I promise. Um, well, I'll do that right now, actually. Uh, 
when the Roger Connor came up uh, for sale. I uh, uh, actually uh, had to liquidate a lot of the Conseco stuff uh, to go after it because I knew it was going to be a massive card. And I was looking at these Conseco cards. I was in no big hurry to sell. I had a lot of stuff and they're in boxes and I loved looking at them and I already had my fun. I wrote my articles on them. I uh, sold a lot already. Uh, I took pictures and so on and so forth. So I was kind of in a good position and I was like, man, I really want this Gypsy Queen Roger Connor. I go, well, <laughs> I definitely don't have the kind of money uh, to spend on this kind of a card uh, liquid. So. Uh, I dug out in my Conseco boxes and started selling like crazy to fund this thing. And uh, I was the high bidder for a while and the last day and everything came and all of a sudden it just started ratcheting up and up and up and up. And so I think I was the first or the second underbidder. Um, and it turns out the uh, owner is actually somebody that's like extremely wealthy and I think he's going after the set. And, <laughs> and all that so i didn't really have much of a chance um so anyways i was really bummed because i got this uh this uh gypsy queen roger connor bug uh so to speak and i sold a lot and i missed out i lost <laughs> i completely lost I was, I was really bummed i was like well i sold those cards for nothing or whatever so i ended up uh getting later on this is another fun kind of story uh, that i'll talk about now uh, i ended up getting a babe ruth uh, that i was going back and forth on and uh, so i used that money uh, to get that card instead as part of it and the way that it worked out though it was really interesting how this worked out uh, i ended up uh, going back and forth with the seller and I told him, I wrote, I said, okay, because he was not budging on the price at all. I was like, okay, I was like, I think that's priced a little too high. I'm going to have to pass. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Um, I hit enter uh, from the forum that I was on. I went downstairs, kind of dejected, because I was like, oh, I just turned my back on the beautiful Babe Ruth. Like, what was I thinking? Oh, well, it's done. And I know the guy was like, on the fence anyways as it was and so i was like if he catches wind of that then of me saying no there's no going back so oh well make myself a sandwich come back upstairs still kind of bummed and it said something like error cannot make a connection to the website or whatever it was my message did not go through <laughs> so i hit the back button i rewrote it and said, yes, I'll take it. So I ended up taking, uh, taking him up, up on it. I got this beautiful Babe Ruth. And interestingly enough, about a year later, I think it was, maybe two, somebody out of the blue reached out to me and offered very close to twice what I paid. And so I go, okay, you know, that's, you know, serious money, so I'll do it. So, <laughs> so that kind of worked out nice because I would not have been able to do that with that Roger Connor. Uh, and that's not to say he isn't valuable. I mean, my gosh, I think the card, the Roger Connor card ended up going over uh, $20,000. And 
that is of a player that many, many, many people have never heard of uh, before. So that's going to be a good segue into Gypsy Queen. So as we all know, uh, Top started doing a Gypsy Queen set, I think in 2011 or so. But that's not an original Tops uh, series. Gypsy Queen was a uh, set of cigarette cards from the uh, 19th century. They were put out in 1886 and 1887, I believe, as far as baseball goes. Um, I'm sorry, 1887, I think, is the only year. Um, I'll give you an idea of how rare these cards are. Um, so, <clears throat> I, as you know, for the Junk Wax era, you have cards that were printed in the millions, right? So there's just millions and millions of every single card out there from like, most likely from, you know, 87 to 91 or 92 or whatever. Uh, some reports say, suggest that some cards had over 5 million printed of them. Uh, I'm talking single cards, guys, like not... <laughs> Not 5 million 1991 tops. I'm talking like 5 million 1991 tops Bo Jacksons. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, it's a lot of speculation. Um, I don't know if anybody has the actual hard numbers, but it's probably pretty close. <laughs> and uh, I actually did an article on this years and years and years ago on what 5 million cards of one would look like. I think I had uh, 1 million cards in my garage one time and it filled up everything. I'm thinking, my gosh, that means that five houses, it would take five houses uh, their garage capacity to house every, like one single card and all of its copies of you know, some of these sets, which is nuts. Um, especially when you take into consideration tops having 792 cards, you're looking at, you know, I don't know, what is that like? close to 4,000 houses, uh, garages being filled with nothing but 91 tops. That's nutty. Anyways, so I digress as always. Uh, <laughs> I am, uh, it's so easy to get down these rabbit holes, but uh, anyway, so uh, millions of cards for every single junk wax uh, era card produced. Um, now you look at the pop report uh, for T206. We're gonna make a massive jump back. 1909 19, to 1911 T206 white borders. If you look at the pop report in PSA, this is the last I, I heard at least, um, or the last I saw, there's about a quarter of a million total that have been graded. Um, so it's interesting because you think of 250,000 cards being a lot of cards, but you take into consideration uh, it's a 524-card set, um, and, you know, still you're going to have some cards that might have a 1,000 of them graded, uh, or whatever, I think. And, you know, you think, you think of it, it compared to uh, the Junk Wax stuff, it's nothing. Well, let's take a step back um, about 20, 25 years prior and look at old Judge cards. Old judge cards are typically uh, the ones you normally see are from 1887, and they're the black and white photographs or the sepia photographs of players that are uh, uh, positioned 
in a studio and sometimes you'll see like a baseball hanging from a string and and they're posing that way and there's some goofy poses and and all that but they are a, a cornerstone of baseball card history um old judges i mean there's nobody really knows the entirety of the set uh there's probably i think they last counted i don't know like three four five thousand different old judge cards that people have uncovered and uh the pop report for old judge cards is um is i think close to like five thousand or something so we're literally you see what we're doing junk wax era millions of cards uh per per every single card t206s at least in the registry uh psa um quarter of a million for every t206 card uh and old judges uh <laughs> that typically basically has like a, a set that's pretty much five to 10 times the size of T206s, but is minuscule in terms of how many cards uh, there are that have been graded by PSA. Um, so now you go down to Gypsy Queen. Gypsy Queen is basically a sister set of Old Judge. They've used the same photographs. They just changed the border. I'd say Gypsy Queen instead. And uh, you know, it's just really kind of, uh, kind of an interesting, uh, you know, interesting setup. But the thing that's so interesting about it also is the number of Gypsy Queen cards compared to even the old Judge cards, which are already super rare, is minuscule. Um, I don't even, I think they've only registered maybe a, a couple hundred, a few hundred, something like that in, in PSA. Um, and so we're going to go one step further before I really get into the meat of this. Um, Gypsy Queen uh, not only had the regular standard issue set, they also had a large format set. And so the cards were, um, I think they're about the same width or, or similar uh, as today's standard cards, but they're a little bit taller and they're you know obviously quite a bit bigger than uh you know the regular issue gypsy queen and old judge and t206 cards which are all very similar in size if not the same size um so when, when it comes to rarity though here's the interesting part about it, you guys um there are nine subjects in the gypsy queen uh large set and uh, there are a total, if I remember correctly, of less than 50 known examples, graded or not, of these Gypsy Queen Large cards. So we are talking rare, like super, super, super rare. There's a little bit of mystery to this though. We know where the Tito 6 cards came from. We know where the Gypsy Queen cards came from. We know where the old judge cards came from. We don't know where the Gypsy Queen large cards came from. Uh, there's no mention, that, well, for one thing, there's two large to fit in cigarette packs. For another thing, uh, there's been no literature or advertisements that have popped up that have talked about these being a premium issue and, you know, send in uh, certain like coupons or whatever uh, to get them. 
we have this for many other 19th century premium pieces, uh, but not these. They've been seemingly lost to time. Uh, weirder still uh, is the player selection. There's nine players and seven of them are giants and one of them is Jerry Denny, I think. I think he's the one of the odd man's out. One of the odd men out. And the other one is my favorite guy uh, from the 19th century, King Kelly. And so, as you could imagine, I jumped out of my skin when somebody reached out to me out of the blue and offered me this card. And I go, wow, this is incredible. Come to find out, it is the uh, highest graded version of it. And it's got a miscut, like part of the uh, top where it says Gypsy Queen is actually off, but like the the front, the corners, the surface, everything is beautiful. Um, and I've seen uh, <laughs> I've seen copies of this card, like uh, the actual copy of my card, uh, because I now own it um, uh, in uh, publications and uh, uh, copies that people are selling posters of on eBay. <laughs> you know, it's really kind of a kind of a fun thing. Um, it also has a little bit of infam infamy uh, attached to it as well. Uh, there was, and I would have to read up on it, um, but there was an auction house where the owner really, really, really wanted, the owner of the auction house really wanted this card. Uh, and he was like trying to um, bump up the price as much as possible for one reason or another and you're not allowed to do that like as the uh, auction house owner apparently so it's more than just bad form apparently it's illegal uh, and uh and this is uh i think this happened maybe 10 years ago or so which ended up landing uh the auction house owner in prison if i remember correctly uh and my gypsy queen king kelly uh is actually mentioned by name uh, in the court documents. So it's really kind of an interesting, you know, added piece of history there too. So anyways, all that to say, uh, all this is interesting, but it doesn't hold a candle uh, to what I uncovered. And so to help me along in this, in this uh, uh, journey, because uh, I wanted to learn more about it, it was interesting anyways, uh, Jay, one of the owners, or one of the authors of the Old Judge Bible, uh, it's like, I don't remember exactly what it's called. It's the Goodwin book or something of old judge cards or cigarette cards or something. Um, if you can, if you have access to it, get it. Like, <laughs> it's a great book. Anyway, so one of the authors reached out to me and said, Hey, Tanner, I know you're a King Kelly guy. Uh, I've got this uh, uh, score book that's got King Kelly on the front from 1887. Um, are you interested? I go, oh, yeah, I'd love that. So uh, he hadn't seen another one before or since. I've never seen one before or since. And come to find out, uh, it was actually in a, uh, held in a, in a museum in Santa Barbara. Uh, it called the Dryer Museum. It was a private museum. And they had an honest wagon at one point and all kinds of other incredible cards. Um, so, in fact... If you go to like search on Google, there's like a picture um, way back uh, in one of the auctions uh, houses that was uh, 
that was selected to liquidate the Dreyer Museum uh, collection. And it actually made the cover of it along with some other pieces as well, which is really kind of fun. So I, you know, I get this, uh, I get this program and score book and I love it. I love this stuff. Um, it's a woodcut of King Kelly on the front. Uh, and <laughs> it looks like a wanted poster and it's really cool, which is cool because they probably had, uh, wanted posters like that back then anyways. So, you know, they're very well, there's probably a lot of, uh, influences back and forth on that. So, uh, anyways, I look through it and my gosh, you guys, like it is incredible. Uh, it is, uh, it has all kinds of advertisements of like, you know, King Kelly smokes, uh, Gypsy Queen cards, you should, or Gypsy Queen cigarettes, you should too. Uh, all the best players smoke uh, Old Judge cigarettes, and you know, this, that, and the other. And I think, if I remember correctly, uh, I feel uh, like they used the Allen and Ginter guy uh, that Topps used um, for the back advertisement or something. I'll have to check, I can't remember. I always see the front of it, but it's like in the sleeve. So I never see the back. Um, but anyways, uh, it got me thinking cause like it was dated November 27th, 1887. So I start looking cause I'm like, mm, that's past the baseball season. Well, come to find out there was a California barnstorming tour that, that happened back then. And they were saying, you know, Hey, come see King Kelly play. And, uh, you know, here's the teams that they're going to play against and, and all this is really kind of interesting. I started doing some research and it really kind of caused me to dive into uh, these 19th century newspapers and periodicals for months, like literally months, and buy books about the subject and, and come to find out like, yeah, it was a very interesting time, but it was also lost to uh, history for a lot of people. Um, in fact, where some of these games I think were played, if I remember correctly, uh, like somewhere having to do with like San Francisco or whatever, uh, like some people that were interviewing others about this uh, California tour, they're actually interviewing and asking people uh, in the head office of the San Francisco Giants. They never even heard of this whole thing happening. So it was kind of a, <laughs> I think the San Francisco Chronicle has a story on it uh, in the newspaper from 2014, if I remember correctly. And I go, huh, that's interesting. And sure enough, like you go through these periodicals, these newspapers, and these like this vivid retelling of all of these uh, players and, and the games and all that. And it's so fascinating, so fascinating to me. Like, I just love this stuff. And so anyways, um, I start uh, thinking about this and I'll, I'll put a pause on that part real quick. Um, but I started thinking about it and I was like, I wonder, I don't know why this would be, but I, and I think I was like kind of sick one night and I was like, just thinking about it. Like, uh, you know, I, I don't know what, I don't know if I was getting the flu or what, but I was awake and I had time to think. I was like, I wonder, um, if, uh, the gypsy queen large set had anything to do whatsoever with this California barnstorming tour in the end of 1887. And so I start thinking about, I'm like, huh, there's nine cards. There's nine positions in baseball. Huh. 
starts churning in my head more and more and more. And I go, okay, I've got to check. I open up the scorebook and one by one, sure enough, every single player in the nine player roster uh, for this Barnstormer tour matches up perfectly with this 1887 Gypsy Queen uh, large set. I go, oh my gosh. So I reached out to the one of the authors of the old judge book. I was like, hey, do you know about this? He goes, no, I'm blown away. I had no idea about this. And uh, he asked somebody also, uh, one of the other uh, authors, and you know, he didn't either. And I go, oh my gosh, I uncovered something really amazing. Uh, and that's not even, uh, you know, the craziest, craziest part, uh, which I, I think anyways. So I'm like, like flying high. I'm on cloud nine, uh, because I have uncovered something that nobody had seen apparently for, you know, 130 something years at that point. And, uh, so I'm like, man, this is really, really cool stuff. Well, guess what? That gets me to dive in more into the 19th century periodicals to see there's any advertisements of these gypsy queen larges to see if we can kind of put that to bed and where they came from. Well, I didn't find that, but what I did find was something much more interesting to me anyway. So as I'm reading, I come across this one uh, very lengthy portion that the guy who is covering one of the games uh, that has to do with my California scorebook, uh, as he was detailing uh, the uh, King Kelly uh, King Kelly strikeout, and I go, man, this sounds very familiar. Like it sounds odd, uh, and he's like very much so taking great delight into this one strikeout. Like, <laughs> like what's he doing? <laughs> and, uh, so I was like, but where have I heard this kind of thing from? Well, uh, I started thinking about it some more. I'm like, man, this sounds a lot like that uh, poem. Uh, which is my favorite baseball poem ever, Casey at the Bat. And I go, huh. I go, well, that's interesting. Well, as it turns out, that writer for that California Barnstorming Tour that wrote those words about King Kelly was actually the writer of Casey at the Bat. <laughs> and so I was jumping on my skin when I thought about that also. I was like, oh my gosh. Well, come find out, like, it is a very, a very hotly contested uh, debate about who the subject of Kate, uh, was of Casey at the Bat. And uh, so there's a lot of people that say, oh, it was his uh, college friend, or it was some like, uh, you know, nobody, or it was this other guy named Casey, or this, that, and the other. Like a lot of people have you know, stood up and said, oh, it's about me, or, you know, oh no, I talked to him and he said it was about this other person. And uh, the only thing that he, that Ernest Thayer, the writer that I read about, anyways, I can remember, that said anything about, uh, against anyone, was against King Kelly. Like, it seemed like he had something against him. Uh, and so as you keep reading, you know, and uh, researching more, you find out a few things. Uh, there's three players uh, that were also mentioned uh, by their last names in the poem. Uh, Coon and Flynn and someone else, maybe Blake, I don't know. And 
Uh, I think those are the names. And so, as you do some research, come to find out, they played, all three of those played at one point or another um, for Stockton, which was in this California barnstorming tour. And also come to find out, Stockton went by another name back then, uh, Mudville. <laughs> and in the actual poem, uh, there's one of the uh, verses says, there's no joy in Mudville uh, today. Uh, and uh, <laughs> so there's so many things that like match up very nicely. And so I, I tend to think that, uh, you know, King Kelly may or may not have been the only uh, uh, example that was used or model for Casey and Casey at the bat. Um, but I do think at the very, very least, I think he was heavily influenced, uh, he, that King Kelly heavily influenced um, the character Casey and Casey at the bat. Um, and not only that, but externally, uh, there were poems that were going around that were parodies of Casey at the Bat called Kelly at the Bat. So much so that many people thought that Kelly at the Bat was a genuine article and Casey at the Bat was the parody. And so there have been people that have uh, said that had Kelly at the Bat not been uh, published, it would not have brought the notoriety needed for Casey at the Bat to... Uh, you know, be known today. Like, it would just fall on by the wayside. Um, so, anyways, I found that very interesting. Um, it's kind of strange how everything kind of just connected together um, from different sources and, and all this. And I actually uh, read some books about, uh, about all that as well. And there's a website out there that is uh, dedicated to trying to, you know, figure out who, uh, who Casey was and everything. But, um, I just love this stuff, you guys. Like, I think it's incredible. So I started thinking about it. I'm like, okay, so if uh, King Kelly is indeed the model or the main model and not an amalgam of a bunch of people, which that may very well likely be the case as well, um, of Casey, then, and uh, it stems from the California barnstorming tour of 1887 because that remember the poet was actually the one that covered uh the game then that means that <laughs> for all intents and purposes the gypsy queen large king kelly is casey at the bat's rookie card and that you guys is really 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 cool i think take it with a grain of salt obviously because it's mine um <laughs> you know but uh, of course, I would push that uh, kind of thing, but I think I've got a good amount of evidence uh, that would uh, make that to seem plausible and maybe even probable. Um, I think in the end, the most interesting thing is the mystery uh, of this all, of this whole thing. Uh, the T206 Wagner, one of the main reasons why it's so big is because of the mystery behind it. You know, we know it's rare, but there's all kinds of rare cards out there. But we don't know why. And it's been the, the basis of speculation for many, many people for many, many decades. And uh, that's what makes it so exciting, which I think is precisely the reason that makes this exciting. 
Not to mention the fact that Skeen Kelly, who I would uh, uh, venture to say he was the most popular player in all of 19th century baseball. Uh, he was the uh, reason why people started chasing people uh, for autographs. You know, he's that first guy. Um, they, uh, he was the subject of America's first pop song, uh, Slide Kelly Slide. Uh, you know, he was, he was larger than life. He was uh, definitely like the 19th century Babe Ruth. He was a Broadway musical star. Uh, he crossed over into mainstream. You know, that's how big he was. And all of that tied into this larger than life uh, person and poem with this incredible mystery is just, you know, mind blowing to me. Now, the last piece of this you know, is the question, why are there so few of them out there? I think I know of a couple people that have this King Kelly. I think one of them is Keith Overman. Uh, and cause I think he's got the set of them actually. Um, but I believe that the reason why there's so few of these and, you know, like I said, less than 50 are known to exist of all of the Gypsy Queen cards, not just the, uh, King Kelly, um, is I think, uh, I think, <laughs> well, also on top of, uh, that you also have the, uh, program. Why is it that there's only one? That people have seen of this well uh, fast forward uh, you know 20-ish years later San Francisco suffered this massive earthquake where over 80% of it burned to the ground and guess what they're probably the lion's share of those gypsy queen cards and this program still hanging out in California there that probably got burned up so yeah there probably weren't that many made to begin with but for those uh, small remaining few, probably, possibly, the vast majority of them could have been burned up in that fire uh, that the earthquake caused. So anyways, <laughs> baseball history, baseball card history, I love this stuff so much. Um, and uh, <laughs> I get lost and I can get lost in things like this for months. And uh, yeah, so there's a whole lot more. I wrote an article about it on my website, handmanbaseballfan.com. Search 134 mystery, I think. 134 year mystery, and I, I go into detail on everything. Uh, and uh, I had a blast. It was a couple years ago, so it's not 136 years now, but um, I had a blast. I really love diving into this stuff. So, anyways, well, that is probably the longest episode I've done in maybe over a year. <laughs> so, I hope you guys enjoyed it and let me know what your thoughts are. Uh, thanks as always for listening.